Uh, I've been in uh, India for six and a half years. Uh, I've lived there in Delhi, uh, and I love India. I love India. absolutely love it. Uh, this is the most home I've felt uh, since March. I came back, we came back to the U.S. in March of uh, this year with my family, and I feel at home with you guys, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said, with, uh, with all these foreigners, I just don't feel at home. I just don't feel good. I said, but with all, I said, it's because I'm Indian in heart. Okay. Uh, but Trent asked me, he said, why, you know, tell some reasons why you love, um, uh, why you love India. And it's very simple. It's because of the people sitting right here. It's because of you guys. Uh, it's not anything special. Uh, it's you. I love India because of Indian people. Uh, very plain and very simple. Uh, you're some of the most um, kind people I've ever been around, some of the most hospitable people that I've ever been around. Uh, you know, maybe in America 60 years ago, we used to sit around and talk and have coffee and, and enjoy each other's company. Well, in India, it's still going on today. All right, we're going to come over. You're going to get fed way too much food. You're going to uh, get chai. You're going to get biscuits. You're going to have a lot of good conversation. Uh, and that's just something that I love about being in the country of India. And number two, this is a close second now, is the food. All right, I miss palak paneer, palak chicken. I miss, uh, I miss all those things, okay? I miss all those things. He said, uh, what did you say, James? What was your uh, snack food that you liked? Pani puri, okay. Yeah, I miss that too. I miss samosas. Uh, when I first got to India, uh, I was like, samosas, these are the greatest things ever. Uh, I would go uh, and I would get, you know, my family, we have, there's five of us. Uh, I would go and I'd get 10 to 15 samosas, all right? And I would eat like five myself. And I, I was like, these are the greatest things ever. I love some, and I still love samosas very much. And my son, he's back there. He loves bread pakoras uh, very much. He could eat those um, every meal, I believe. He could eat bread pakoras. Uh, one question his mother used to ask him, you know, have you become skinny? Uh, they never ask us that. <laughs> when we go back, this is, what, this is what our friends, they'll say, wow, you've gotten very fat. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We have gotten very fat. Thank you. Um, I'll tell you my story. I'm, you know, I'm Jim Roberts. I've been in India six and a half years. I'm a missionary there. Uh, there in New Delhi. Uh, how many are from New Delhi in here? How many? Oh yes. Woo! All right. Well, we're, I live in Vasant Kunj. Uh, we have churches in Chhatapur, Fatehpur Beri, and uh, Patel Nagar. I don't know where you're from, but you can tell me later. I'm sure you know where those areas are. Uh, no one else does, but you probably do. Um, but God called uh, me and my family there uh, six and a half years ago, uh, and we've been serving there, and we love it. I was a drunk and a drug addict when uh, I got saved. You know, salvation is a choice. Uh, it's, not a, it's not something you're born into. It's not. It's a choice that you have to make. My family was Christian, but that didn't make me Christian. I had to, do, I had to make a personal decision myself to turn to Jesus Christ, and that's what I did. I was 21 years old when I became a Christian, and God... Uh, began uh, burning in my heart uh, to be used of him. So I'm thankful that I get to serve him, and I'm so thankful that I get to live in the country of India. Uh, I get asked three things all the time, almost daily. I get asked three things. If I go outside of my house, someone's going to ask me these three questions, all right? I wrote them down. All right, three questions. Number one, why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you live in India? Well, it's simple. I tell them because of you guys, I, I, and that's what I say. I said, because of you. That's why I'm here, because I love Indians, and I love, and then I go into food, and they're always like, well, what's your favorite food? Because I think they think I'm lying to them, but I really love their food. So why are you here? Second question, how can I be as big as you? Always the second one. 
how can I be as big as you? And I say, eat more. <laughs> Simple question. And then the next one, usually right after that, follows close by, how can I be as tall as you? All right? And it's usually, well, I've heard swimming. That'll make me taller. I said, you need to pray to God for that. I can't help you there. I can't make you taller. But number three, they always ask me, um, what are you doing in India? What's your job? Why are you here? What are you doing? What's your job? And I always tell them I'm a Bible teacher. I'm a Bible teacher. I get to tell people about the love of God all day long. That's what I do. All right? And usually when I tell people that, they'll ask me a fourth question. Do you convert people? Do you forcibly convert people? That's impossible. It's impossible. Because to change another person's heart, a, a man can't do that. Only the Holy Spirit can. Only God can change a person's heart. So what I get to do is talk about God's love all day long. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about God's love tonight. Romans chapter 5 and 6 through 8. Yeah, that's me up there. And that's some of our pastors. They're showing some pictures there behind me. Um, yeah, there's our three churches. Yeah, that's uh, Das right there. He's from Tamil Nadu. He speaks like four different languages. I don't know any of them except for Hindi. But he's a good guy. All right, Romans chapter 5. I'm going to talk about three loves tonight because I get to talk about God's love. Uh, the first one, Romans chapter 5, verse number 6, we see uh, how unworthy that we were for God's love. God loves each and every one of us, but we're not worthy of God's love. We're not worthy of that. If you look at yourself and look at your heart, you know how sinful you are, how selfish we think, how prideful we are, how much we don't think about others, but we think about ourselves. That's how unworthy we are. We're all sinners. Romans chapter 3, verse number 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's what we are. We can never attain unto God. You can never work your way to God. It's impossible because we're sinners. There's nothing in us that's any good. Nothing at all. We may be good people, but that doesn't make us as good as God. We are unable to save ourselves. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. We are unable to save ourselves. There's no works that we can do. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The reason you can't work your way to heaven is because you can boast about it. Because you can say, hey, look what I've done. Look how I've worked my way to heaven. That's not how it works. We are unworthy of this love that God has given to us. I even forgot to read the text, so we'll go back and read Romans 5, 6 through 8. It says, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we see an unworthy love. We were ungodly. We didn't think anything about God. He didn't even come into our mind. We didn't think about him properly. If we did think about him, we cannot work our way to him. It's an unworthy love. We're unworthy of the love of God. Number two, it's an unusual love. The love that God has for us is very unusual. All right, the word that we would use in here would be a jeev. It'd be very, it's very different, very weird. It's very different, the love that he has for us. It's not normal that someone would want to die for someone. All right, you guys don't know me very well, do you? How many of you in here would die for me? Wow, so many hands in here. So many hands. <laughs> well, I, you know, I probably wouldn't die for you either. Right, because that's, that's what we are. But, but God is different. That's why this love is so different and so, so weird and so, and, and, and so unusual because he is the one that gave his life for us. The Bible says in verse number 7 of Romans chapter 5, it says that, you know, you, we think of police officers and we think of those in the military. Those people are willing to give their lives for people they don't know, right? 
but they believe they're good people, but they don't give their lives very, I mean, they don't want to give their life very often. I mean, you don't want to, you want to give your life, uh, they don't do these things um, uh, like this all the time. It's very, it's, it's very unusual for them. But if someone is bad and someone is a sinner and someone is a murderer, who would give their life for them? You probably believe I'm fairly good and no one in here raised their hand to give their life for me. What about for a murderer? Would you give, their li- would you give your life for them? What about a rapist? Would you give their life for them? No, no, we wouldn't. But guess who did? God did. Guess who gave his life for you? God did. That's why this is exactly what God did. He knew your condition. He knows you can't work your way to heaven. All right? That, that's the difference. That's the difference between our God and every other God in the world. It's because every other God says, work, do this, do this, do that. If you do this, then, then you'll get to heaven. If, if, you're, if you follow these rules, then you'll get to heaven. If you're, if you're cremated or, or, and, and he, uh, here in the Ganges River, you'll go to heaven. If you bathe in the Ganges River, you'll be cleansed from sin. Our God says, hey, I did all the work for you. God says, I've done everything already that you need. You don't need to do anything else but trust in me. I'm not asking you to work. I'm not asking you to, uh, uh, to do all these different things. I'm asking you just to give your life to me. He knew our condition. He knew we couldn't save ourselves, and so he did something about it. That's why our God's love is so unusual, because he did something about our condition. All right, number three, we see that he proved his love. He proved his love. You know, I've been in India six and a half years, all right, so I know a little. India's culture and history is, the, is some of the longest in the world, some of the, some of the broadest subjects in the world. So when I say I know a little bit, I know just a little bit, okay? But our God proved his love. I don't know many gods that have done that. Our God proved it. How did he prove his love for us? John 14, 6. He provided a way. He provided a way. He says you can't work your way to heaven. You can't do enough good deeds. There's nothing that you can do to save yourself. He says, so I provided a way for you. And it's through Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse number 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. The truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's no other way to heaven. There's no other way to be saved. There's no other way to receive forgiveness from sin except through Jesus Christ. God provided his son. God proved his love for us. Even when we didn't love him. I told you I was a bad man, a drunk and a drug addict, and God saved me. God gave his life for me. He he sent his son to die in my place. He proved his love. And you know what love means? What does love mean? Love means giving. That's what it means. If you're, how many of you are married here today? How many of you are married? If you're always taking in the relationship, how good is that relationship going to be? Not very good, right? In a marriage relationship, that's not going to work. But guess what God did? He says, I loved you so much, I gave you something. I gave you my son. John chapter, uh, John chapter uh, 3, verse number 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how much God loved us. He gave us his son. Romans chapter 5, verse number 18. says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men, the condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. That's what Jesus offers. That's what God offers. And that's what's offered here tonight. That's what's offered here tonight, is that God has died for our, gave us his son to die for our sins. You don't have to work your way to heaven. Our works are worthless. There's nothing good with our works. There's nothing that we can do to get our way to heaven. God has done all that. He's done all that for us. God God did all the work for us, and all he's wanting us to do is to trust in him. So that's basically all I teach. When I am in the country of India, that's what I talk about. I talk about the love that God has for us. 
And I'm sure maybe some of you have some questions about that. And if you do, feel free to ask those. Not right now, but there's a room back here when you were dismissed. Uh, they will direct you to that room. There's a man back there that will be uh, willing to talk to you about what you've heard tonight. Say, how can I know more about God's love for me? Uh, more about what Jim said uh, tonight. How can I know more about that? And feel free to talk to him. If you don't feel like it, that's fine too. Uh, we'll wait it out, watch the fireworks together, okay? All right, uh, thank you so much for coming.